0: three band members hoping for a big break head to a radio station to play their demo tape and wind up holding everyone hostage with plastic guns when the head dj refuses to play them This is Ryan. And this is Ashley.
1: And this is Ruining, Ruining Our Childhood, a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards.
0: That's true. That's us. Yeah. If you don't remember, because it's been so long. My name's Ashley. And I'm Ryan. And we're back with season three, baby.
1: Yeah. Bringing you the episode we promised you in October.
0: Yeah, if you haven't noticed, at this point you should because you clicked on the episode. Mm -hmm. It says the episode title on there. Yes. It's Airheads. Yes! Infamous Airheads. And we cannot start this episode without thanking the person that bought us the DVD, (laughs) and that's Santos. Mm Mm-hmm. From 88 Miles Per Hour Podcast, yes, friend of the pod. He was so gracious, sent us a package, mystery package, Mm -hmm. and it was his movie. And of course, he sent it like a month and a half ago, I think. (laughs) Yes. And we were just starting to go on our break, so we apologize that it took this long to record this episode, but, you know, life. We're here. Yes. We're here, we're doing it, and we're so excited. Yes that we are finally doing this episode and if you guys don't know what we're talking about and this is one of your first episodes you're listening to months and months ago mm-hmm. seems like years yes we we had the loser bracket and our polls mm-hmm. and one of the movies was airheads because it was on hulu
1: yes it was
0: and that's why we picked
1: it it was an early one or two Yeah. It was like a round one loser's bracket winner.
0: Yeah. And we went to go watch the movie and it was no longer there. And apparently it was nowhere to be found anywhere. I think Amazon had a Blu-ray DVD for $300.
1: It did. And we are not that dedicated to airheads. No, we're not. There's no movie I would pay $300 for.
0: Yeah. No. So we are here doing it. Thank you again, Santos. Mm -hmm. You're the best.
1: You are the best, sir.
0: We really appreciate you sending this to us. Yeah. What do we do now? I don't know. It's been so long.
1: The first thing we do is we talk about the movie and when it came out.
0: And also, let's give everybody a heads up. This is season three. We are maturing with age. Mm -hmm. We're evolving. And we did make some changes. You'll see later in the episode to how we do things. But... Usually we do, you do the fun facts, but we're not, we're not doing that anymore. No.
1: How many times do you guys need to hear what the top <laughs> movies were from 1994?
0: Or more specifically what the top show is, because it's always Friends. Yes. <laughs> friends, uh,
1: ER, and Seinfeld. Right, or, yeah, right. whatever.
0: So instead, we're going to change it up a little. We're going to tell each other a fun fact about 1994 and then, you know, a memory maybe we have from it. At least tell us when it was released, okay. I guess.
1: <laughs> so this, is, this is new. This movie was released on August 5th of 1994. Nice. Yes. What is your memory of 1994?
0: Well, I did see that the number one movie of 1994 was Forrest Gump. And I loved that movie as a kid, but the thing that I loved even more than the movie was that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It was basically... Everything I ever wanted because as a kid, I really loved Motown and just anything from like the 60s -hmm. and 70s and Forrest Gump soundtrack still holds up.
1: The only knock I have is you said when I was a kid, I loved Motown. You still love Motown. No,
0: I I still, but I feel like I had this weird love for Motown when like other kids were listening to like MC Hammer, you know?
1: Yeah. Because, you know, your parents influenced a lot of your early music. For right. me, it was listening to the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Like Same. Yeah.
0: I mean, that was part of it, too.
1: Yeah. Um, Which
0: I believe there is a Beach Boys song on the soundtrack. I could be wrong. Ooh. So obviously because that Forrest Gump, you know, is over several decades. There's like Elvis Presley, uh, Wilson Pickett, mm-hmm. Rooftops, Joan Baez. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, just a m- great mixture of music.
1: It's definitely a good soundtrack, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I a great movie.
0: It. I love it. I know, yeah. like, over the years, especially probably in the 2000s, people, they're too cool for stuff that's, like, overly sentimental. hmm And I just remember people going, like, it's not a good movie, because they're it, it is a little cheesy at times, right? And yeah. And just the whole concept of it. But it's still a delightful movie that I love to rewatch. Yeah, for sure. What's your memory?
1: So my memory... This actually occurred a mere seven days after this movie was released, Mm -hmm. and that was on August 12th of 1994, Major League Baseball went on strike. Oh. It was especially crappy for me being a Cleveland Indians fan, because we were good for the first time in 40 years. (laughs) Of course. It resulted in the World Series being canceled. The strike ended on August 2nd of 1995. The cause of it was the collective bargaining agreement had expired and the owners wanted a salary cap. So you could not spend over this amount of money, which they have in basketball, they have in football and hockey. Mm -hmm. Baseball to this day does not have a salary cap, which is why the Yankees can just go buy anybody and the Dodgers. Right. So there was also a lot of guys chasing records like Matt Williams was running down the home run record Tony Gwynn was possibly going to hit 400 nobody's ever hit 400 since then uh Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire broke the home run record right right, I remember but, that yeah. so it was a bummer yeah yeah so
0: I don't remember them going on strike but I do remember the Barry Bonds and what's his face
1: oh yeah that was a couple years later oh which is that was the big thing was It took them a few years to get fans to really come back. Right. Because a lot of people were mad. The fans were bummed. You took away our World Series. So, and they didn't really come back until Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa had their home run chase.
0: People don't like things being taken away from them. No. You
1: know. Mm -hmm. And there's been obviously a couple sports that have had some lockouts since then. Basketball had a short one, football had a real short one that didn't affect the season at all, but hockey. Lost an entire season because mm-hmm. of it, too. so Neat. Labor disputes.
0: <laughs> if you came for a movie podcast and we're talking about labor disputes and Major League Baseball, <laughs> then you're going, what what is happening in this podcast? Uh, uh, this is my first episode I'm listening to, and I'm just going, who are these people? And why are they talking about sports? Why is this
1: episode called Airheads? <laughs>
0: Which I don't think has any reference to sports in it, if I can remember correctly.
1: Maybe somebody wore a baseball. C- it does. Oh, okay. Well, mm, let's yeah, not spoil no, no, it. No, no, no.
0: So now we usually talk about what's like your memory of this movie or what's something you remember
1: mm-hmm.
0: from this specific movie and what's something you remember?
1: I didn't see this in theaters, but a couple weeks ago we watched the last blockbuster documentary on Netflix. yes and they were talking about how when you would go into Blockbuster, the staff would mark movies like this is so-and-so's favorite, Mm -hmm. staff Mm -hmm. favorites. That's how I came across this movie. It was was not Blockbuster, though. It was Hollywood Video, Uh and they had the staff favorites section. I had never seen this movie, but it was a couple years after it came out, so I was very aware of who Adam Sandler was. So that's what kind of got me to rent it, mm-hmm. was this section that I had never heard of and a movie I'd never heard of, but then it had Adam Sandler.
0: I had a similar thing where after, like, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore come out, and I feel like my brother was looking for more Adam Sandler content, you mm-hmm. know? So this was definitely something I feel like we rented afterwards. I do remember watching this movie a couple times, but I do have a vague idea of what this movie is about because I just read the summary so Mm -hmm. that jolted my memory. I knew it had something to do with like a radio station and I forgot that it was like a hostage situation but I'm excited to rewatch it because I know there's got to be some good cameos in it from what I can remember because this is an Adam Sandler movie I'm expecting some like SNL type people.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm definitely hopeful for that and some Some good dated references. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Probably a lot. Mm -hmm.
1: Did you own this movie?
0: I don't think we did.
1: We owned it on VHS. Oh, okay. But we got it probably five years after it came out. Because my mom, one Christmas, I think bought us pretty much every Adam Sandler movie, Mm. including that one that was on a boat.
0: Oh, who else was in that? Like Cuba Gooding Jr. or something like that? Or am I thinking of somebody else?
1: I think you're thinking of someone else. But he might have been in it.
0: I have to look I forget it up. what
1: it was called. It was always on the like $3 rack at Walmart.
0: Right? Like and it was was it like a sex comedy? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm going to get the name of it right. Okay. Now. Going overboard.
0: And who else is in it? You know every one of those movies always had a buddy. Yeah. A secondary person.
1: Oh, it's got some good people in this. Burt Young, who was I believe in Rocky. But Alan Covert, who's in every Adam Sandler movie. Mhm. Billy Zane. Milton Burl makes a cameo. Billy Bob Thornton. Okay. Peter Berg makes isn't it? And those are the only like names Who
0: is his friend in it?
1: Tom Hodges? Yeah, Burt Young was Polly in Rocky.
0: You know what Tom Hodges is from? What? Heavyweights. He's the one is that the Tom Hodges you're talking about? Yeah, he's the one trainer who is like Swedish or something.
1: Is that who he is? Is he white? <laughs> Why
0: Hello. did I think? What movie am is I thinking? Is he Lars? Yeah, he's Lars.
1: Oh, okay, that made my day. Yeah. Thank you. It's the body system.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so digression over.
1: <laughs> that was going overboard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tangent City. Let's uh. Somebody's like, uh, I turned on this Airheads episode and they're just talking about this crappy Adam Sandler, uh, this other crappy Adam Sandler movie. (laughs) How
1: dare you say (laughs) crappy Adam Sandler movie.
0: Anyway, are we done? What's going on? Who are we? What are we doing?
1: What we usually do. We go ahead and we hit that pausey pause. I really
0: apologize, guys. This is not a strong season three opener. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do with my hands.
1: I, I've hit a wall Yeah. at one point with my hands. Because
0: hand. Ryan has to talk with his hands so much. Yes. It's insane.
1: As you are talking with your hands. Because
0: it's contagious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm looking over at you and you just have your hands open.
0: Because I, I feel like you can't talk or complain about somebody talking with their hands without actually talking with your hands too. Okay. It's like you're remembering what they're doing and why it's so annoying. You're still doing it. (laughs) I'm going to make you sit on your hands. Or maybe we could put like mittens on your hands, so if you do hit something, it doesn't make a sound. That could work. Okay, yes, back to this podcast Mm -hmm. that we are doing currently. Do you think airheads will hold up?
1: I'm going to say yes. I think it's going to be very funny, and I think it has a decent plot, as you recapped in the plot summary. So I'm pretty hopeful. But what about you?
0: I'm a little worried it's not going to hold up because just in our history of watching movies that are about slacker guys, Mm -hmm. there's always, especially ones made in the 90s, there's always jokes at other people's expense that probably won't hold up. So I'm a little worried about that. But I think what will save it is the fact that the cast is who they are. So I think... I, I think it will hold up, but I'm I'm on the fence, to be honest with you. Okay. So are we done? Call well, it a day?
1: We're, there's nowhere that you can stream this. Right. As we've talked about ad nauseum.
0: Unless they change in the last, like, two months.
1: And it's possible. But we're going to go ahead and hit that pausey pause mm-hmm. and go watch this DVD.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be amazing. And I hope there's awesome trailers. Oh, you know? I hope so. It's probably going to be like one of those DVD trailers that it's like about DVDs and how awesome DVDs are. I'm going to say DVDs one more time.
1: Sweet DVD technology <laughs> with interactive menus and 5.1 <laughs> digital sound. Yes. There you go.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go hit pausey pause and come back and talk about airheads. Okay. Okay, bye.
1: Bye. Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching Airheads, and we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories.
0: Like we always do.
1: And our first category is called, Well, Hello There. Well, Hello There. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie, and there was a crap load.
0: There was so many, I totally forgot about half
1: yeah, the people that were in this movie. For sure. Uh, who was the first one that you noticed?
0: Well, first we'll talk about the main cast, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. First person is Brandon Frazier, the, the B-Frage, as we, we like to call him for some reason. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't even know where that started,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but we call him the b Um He plays Chaz, a.k.a. Chester, mm-hmm. which you come to find out later, that he was just a nerdy kid that lived in Iowa.
1: Yeah, something like that. <laughs>
0: You know Brandon Fraser mm-hmm. from lots of things, especially in the 90s, but uh, some of his notable credits are The Mummy, and more recently, he's uh, in the HBO Max series, Doom Patrol.
1: Yes. My next one was Adam Sandler. He plays Pip, who's one of the band members, and Adam Sandler, more recently, he was in Hubie Halloween, mm-hmm. which is available on Netflix
0: um, my next one is Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. He plays Rex, who kind of fills out the trio of, what was the band's name? The uh, Lone Rangers. Rangers. <laughs> yes, because that's a reoccurring joke in the movie. Mm-hmm. He is most notably from Fargo, the movie, mm-hmm. and obviously a lot of other things, especially Adam Sandler movies. And more recently, he was in The King of Staten Island.
1: Which was a very good movie with uh, Pete Davidson.
0: Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Moving more to just the m- cast of the movie. Uh my first one was Joe Mantanga or tagna Joe Mantanga. I couldn't tell you, man. I
0: I wanna say like I read it like Magenta. Uh-huh. And I wanna say it like he would. Mantanake No, I wanna say Mantanega. And I'm like, no, I'm adding too many words. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. He,
1: <laughs> he plays Ian the Shark. The first thing that I remember him from was the movie Baby's Day Out. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But he's more famous for being on Criminal Minds, Mm -hmm. and also I loved him on The Simpsons as Fat Tony. Yeah,
0: he's Fat Tony. Yeah. His voice is very recognizable to me as only Fat Tony.
1: Exactly. Most distinguishing voice in this movie. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, My next one is Amy LeCain, and she plays Kayla, who is Chaz's girlfriend, and... The only thing I will say is she's in Crybaby. Yeah. She's the main female lead in Crybaby. And she really hasn't acted that much in the do, last couple of years.
1: Do you want to know why? Why? She's in prison. Oh, shit. Yeah. she why? She is in prison for a DUI that killed someone.
0: Oh, no. So she
1: was sentenced uh, last year to eight years in prison.
0: But but she wasn't in anything in the last like fifteen. 20 yeah, years.
1: but I think she's had a lot of legal troubles that oh, led that up sucks. to that. So yeah, I was like, oh, that's a bummer.
0: She was in a bunch of stuff in the nineties, though, so, yeah. like Cry Baby, School Ties,
1: mm-hmm. Melrose so. Place.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sucks.
1: Yeah, I was like, well, that's a bummer. Yeah, my next one was Judd Nelson. Mm-hmm. He plays Jimmy Wing, who's a record executive. The most famous thing that I can think of that he was in was Bender and Breakfast Club. And he was also on a bunch of episodes of Empire.
0: Yeah. The next one I have is Michael McKean. He plays Milo, who is basically the head of the radio station, Mm -hmm. Revel Radio. Michael McKean is more famously known for Spinal Tap. Mm -hmm. Um, More recently, he was in Grace and Frankie. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: My next one was Michelle Hurst. She plays Yvonne, who's the receptionist at the radio station. Mm -hmm. And the most famous thing that I know her from is she played Miss Claudette on Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Which you had to point out because I didn't even recognize her.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously it's like 20 years younger. Yeah. And in Orange is the New Black, she plays like an older woman. Mm -hmm. But yeah, her face is pretty recognizable. Mm -hmm. My next one is Michael Richards. He plays Doug, who is like, I guess the radio's accountant Or something.
1: I felt like he might have been a lawyer.
0: Oh, that's true.
1: Milo wanted him at the station when they told him that they were switching genres. Right, right. Yeah.
0: You know Michael Richards from Seinfeld. Um, He hasn't done a lot of things lately. Mm -hmm. Probably, you know, for the stuff that happened years and years ago. A.K.A. him being a racist. Yes. Uh, But he was in like a TV show with Christy Alley. And Rhea Perlman, called Christy, that seemed to be short-lived, but that was like his last main acting credit.
1: Yeah, and that was in 2014? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know, maybe he's doing stand-up somewhere.
1: I guess. Yeah. Uh, my next one was Alan Covert. He played police officer Samuels. He's, in a lot of Adam Sandler's movies, yeah. and probably the most notable one was he starred in Grandma's Boy.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, as his own lead movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, my next one is Reg E. Kathy mm-hmm. or Kathy, Kathy. Yeah, but there's an A in there, so kind of throws me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays Marcus, who is one of the people that work at the radio station. The thing I recognized him from was he had a arc on Law and Order SVU. I believe he played a lawyer. Okay. In the last like eight years, mm-hmm. and then he was in Luke Cage, but he passed away in 2018.
1: Oh. Yeah. I looked him up and I must have skipped over the part that he had passed away because I was like, I know him from stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. He's very recognizable. That's sad. Yeah.
1: My next one was David Arquette. He plays Carter, who's one of the employees of the radio station. Mm -hmm. David Arquette was in all the Scream movies and never been kissed. And it looks like he's going to be in the new Scream movie.
0: Yeah, he is. Which is is good.
1: He was always one of my favorite parts in those.
0: Yeah, he was always sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny thinking about this movie. It was in 1994 and then Scream came out the next year because he looks so young in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's just weird that he plays like a police officer in Scream, you know? Yeah. But it's called acting for a reason. Yeah.
1: (laughs) In time. Yeah. That's also. (laughs) That's also the other thing.
0: My next one is Ernie Hudson. Mm -hmm. He plays O'Malley, who is... At one point, I thought maybe he was a sergeant or something, but then he just said he was a beat cop.
1: But I felt like they called him Sergeant O'Malley. Oh, okay. Yeah. So
0: know. he was probably just saying that as like, a, get off my back. I'm just, yeah. you know, I don't, I'm i not a big wig. Maybe. He's from Ghostbusters, obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Uh, obviously. And he's also going to be re, uh, re-playing. <laughs> That's not the word. <laughs> What's the word when you... Play your character again. There's a term. <laughs> I can't think of it. Somebody's yelling it out right now.
1: Uh, reprising his role?
0: Sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word I'm I thinking of. But he is reprising his role in the Ghostbusters sequel, Afterlife. Mm-hmm. Or is it a sequel? Or, or is it more like a spawning off, a uh, spin off, if, if you
1: will? The trailer for that movie, I was very confused by what was truly happening other than Paul Rudd was in it yeah so yeah I'm not sure but I did see everybody's back for it.
0: it's in the same universe unlike the Ghostbusters reboot yes like Melissa McCarthy that didn't seem to be in the same universe I don't think no I don't know no anyway next
1: (laughs) (laughs) my next one was Chris Farley he played Officer Wilson and Chris Farley was on Saturday Night Live, and then Tommy Boy, and unfortunately passed away almost 25 years ago. That's
0: insane. Yeah. I was I was looking at his last credit, and it was like uncredited dirty work, like f- the movie with Norm MacDonald.
1: He gets his nose bitten off by a yes. Chinese whore, I think it was the term. Yeah.
0: Not politically
1: correct. No. But he was funny in it. I liked dirty work, but I don't think that would hold <laughs> up. Oh, God. Just add it to the add list. Add it to the list. Yeah. Yep. I love Norm MacDonald. Same.
0: Marshall Bell is my next one. He plays Carl Mace, who is basically like the SWAT team leader. Uh-huh. He's been in a bunch of stuff. The thing I know, I remembered him from was Starship Troopers. But he he's definitely one of those guys that has like a military or cop face, mm-hmm. so he plays a lot of those roles.
1: Yeah. Yeah, once he said Starship Troopers, I could place him. Yeah. My next one was Mike Judge. He does the voices for Beavis and Butthead, That's which is true. probably what he's most famous for. I
0: just put Beavis and Butthead make a cameo. <laughs> I
1: didn't even put Mike <laughs> Judge. Mike Judge. yeah. And uh, Office Space, King of the Hill, all those things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rupert is audibly sighing. Uh, Welcome back, guys. Yep. Where you yep. can hear Rupert and Quinn in the back just yeah.
1: Rupert's telling doing us, whatever. Speed it up, guys. Let's
0: yeah. go. My last one I mean, there was quite a few musical cameos, mm-hmm. um, but my last one is Kurt Loder, mm-hmm. obviously famous from MTV, mm-hmm. MTV News mostly. He's obviously. like the adult. Yeah. There was a joke. Who? What show or movie made a joke that Kurt Loder was like the adult dad of MTV? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, he's he was there as himself.
1: Yeah. He so. was like the main journalist for yeah. TV. You know?
0: He was like the legit person. Yes. You know?
1: Yeah. Um my last one and then I'll mention some of the musical people was Harold Ramis. Mm-hmm. He plays Chris oh, yeah. Moore who was a alleged Capitol Records executive. <laughs> uh, uh and Harold Ramis was in Stripes, Ghostbusters and his last credit was Year One. He passed away uh, 7 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: I felt like it was like two.
1: Yeah. Time flies. And I'll just mention uh, White Zombie performs in the movie. Yes. Lemmy Kilmister played himself. He claimed to be the editor of a school paper at one point. It's
0: like he played himself, but they didn't really. It's weird because they like mention him Mm -hmm. as who he is. And then he's just in the crowd, but they don't acknowledge him. Yeah. As him. So, yeah.
1: So he was the other cameo that I had. For sure. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back okay and we're back
0: the next category is called kids would call it a throwback we call it the prime of our teens
1: Mm -hmm. let's talk about some fashion folks yes right off the bat Chaz is trying to get into a record company to get his demo played. Right. And he gets on an elevator with a band that is wearing Dr. Seuss hats. Which so I, triggering. I was going to say, they were incredibly popular probably that summer.
0: I feel like maybe this is just growing up in a small town in Montana, but I feel like they were really popular when I was in fifth grade. Okay. So, ninety six.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Maybe 95.
1: Maybe this is what started the craze. <laughs>
0: Maybe. We should really look up the origins of that, because I remember, specifically, it was something you could win. We had, like, a reading program, mm-hmm. and if you read a certain amount of books, you got different prizes, and that was something you could win.
1: Seeing, I remember going to Joggle Lake, which was a local theme park in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and They had carnival games there, and one of the prizes you could win was a Dr. Seuss hat, but they had, like, the local sports team logos on it, so they had a Cleveland Indians one, and I wanted it so bad, and I couldn't win it. Made me sad.
0: Mistakes were
1: made. Mistakes were made, but hey, I'm owning it. Yeah, that's true. I never had one, but it's not because I didn't want it.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of glorious hair. Yes. In this movie, Uh, Brandon Fraser's hair is beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Buscemi's hair is—is is it weird that I want to take a screenshot of his hair and take it into the hairdressers because that's the kind of sh- like shaggy look I kind of want? <laughs> <Interesting>.
1: <laughs> You're gonna go see your your masseuse and be like masseuse? Not masseuse, <laughs> sorry, beautician. Is that what it would be? It's just hairstylist. Like hairstylist. You're going to take this DVD case in and be like, make me look like Steve Buscemi. <laughs> she's going to look at you and go, no, we're not doing this.
0: The shag is in. Pick a picture of a
1: female. <laughs> Don't go in there with Steve Buscemi. That's
0: old way of thinking, man. Uh, anyway. Uh, um, oh. And then the facial hair on Judd Nelson.
1: He's got one hell of a soul patch. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's horrible. Yeah. It's just, it seems like they're like, let's give the douchier guys really sh- shitty hair because even uh, Michael McKean's character mm-hmm. has that tiny little ponytail ponytail mm-hmm. that, <laughs> that Rex tries to pull off his head, which was hilarious.
1: When I saw Judd Nelson's soul patch, it made me think of Girls 5 Eva. That we were watching the other night, and Stephen (laughs) Colbert's goatee that he has is just insane.
0: It's a pretty funny show. It really is. Did you have anything as far as fashion?
1: The only other thing was Adam Sandler at one point was wearing a crop top, but also he pulled it off. He pulled it off. He did. Yeah. Yeah. But that was all I had. Same. I mean, it was a bunch of mid-90s rockers look. Yeah. And they all pull it off. They do. Yeah.
0: How about dated references?
1: I did see, at the very beginning, um, Steve Buscemi's character works at a toy store. Mm-hmm. And Adam Sandler, they go back to their apartment and he busts out a toy from the incredible Crash Test Dummies, which were pretty popular.
0: They were. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And then they had a Stretch Armstrong. Yes. So that was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I put that just the concept of Chaz trying to sneak his demo into a record label as kind of dated because I think now, in 2021, Mm -hmm. if you want to get your music out there, there's so many outlets that you can do. You can do YouTube, you can do SoundCloud, and you're going to like find an audience, especially if you're talented. For sure. I think. I mean, maybe I'm just being a little optimistic, but I think there's so many people now that are pretty... Big names Mm -hmm. that started
1: that way. Justin Bieber.
0: Justin Bieber. Yeah. Billie Eilish. Yeah. You know,
1: like... It's definitely... I agree with you. It's a dated reference because of the avenues are so different now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had one more. Oh, sure. When uh, Chaz, Rex, and Pip go take the radio station hostage, they put together a list of ransom demands, and one of them was naked pictures of B. Arthur.
0: Yes. Because they're trying to convey that they might be insane because all they really want is their music to be played on the radio and then possibly get a record deal because they're so amazing right and then they're like let's make an insane list of demands because then they'll think we're crazy Mm -hmm. and then we complete insanity because they know in the end it's probably not going to end very well for them as far as like they're not going to walk free
1: no no and yeah, the list was just bizarre, but also they wanted it to take time for them to come up with items. So <laughs> right, that, right, right. Yeah. They're, they're not insane. They're actually very intelligent with the idea of that. Sometimes. Yeah.
0: They didn't mention Marky Mark. Mm-hmm. Or it was Harold Ramis' character. Yeah. And yeah,
1: then, he was like, you'll be the biggest thing since Marky Mark and the Funk- Funky Munch.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to Offensive Jokes.
1: The only ones that I had was just a couple times they used the R word, yeah, and it was I think twice.
0: Yeah, there was a couple of things that I felt like there was parts of the movie that were improved almost because mm-hmm. there was things like flying out into the script basically that seemed to be insults, but they just happened so quickly that I couldn't even like register them, and it wasn't like a main part of the plot or
1: anything. yeah. Um, I wrote down some of those amazing insults. Would you like to hear a couple? Sure. I believe all of these were said by Brendan Fraser. Shut up, dick smoke. (laughs) What? You look like half of a butt puppet. Sure. And the other one I had was, you shit witch.
0: I feel like I said this the other day, but anytime there's an insult that I don't recognize as like a a term that we used in society, Mm -hmm. I'm just like... Did the, the writers from Are You Afraid of the Dark write this? Because they are always making up crazy ass insults.
1: Yeah. You almost wonder if they had like darts and they just had words on the wall and they threw the darts at and they're like, put it together. Shit witch. Boom. Stop
0: trying to make shit
1: witch a thing. It's not. I can't even say shit
0: witch. That's almost like a tongue twister. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a part where Susie, who... I don't even know what she does. There's there's a lot of people in the radio station. They don't actually explain any of their jobs because it really isn't needed as far as the plot goes. But when they find out that the radio station is changing from hard rock to easy listening, mm-hmm. she just quietly says, all those blowjobs for nothing, because she's going to lose her job. Yes. So it's like, this just... Blink and you miss it. Sexual harassment. like She's been having to give Milo blowjobs. Yeah. And it's just not even a a thought in anybody's mind. No. And it's
1: just horrible. There was no reaction to her saying it.
0: No. It's just part of the world, I guess.
1: Yeah. Did you have any other ones?
0: Not really, no. So we used to have a category that we decided to get rid of.
1: Yeah, we would always mention technology, but after a while it got... To the point, it was always, there was a box TV or a box computer, so we're just going to put the technology in this category, and we're only going to talk about it if it was unique or something new to us after 88 episodes of right, doing this right. podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something we decided to change for season three, but for all you listeners that have listened to every single episode, multiple times maybe, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. you love us or whatever, um, <laughs> you might notice that it's missing yes but i didn't really have any technology to talk about other than we we called it with the commercials and the trailer yes um on this dvd
1: yes the dvd trailer that it was a collection of fox movies i think and they were going through their features which was unbelievable features (laughs) cutting edge 3d menus
0: what what are their features was unbelievable unbelievable (laughs)
1: Alternate endings, then randomly Get Into It flashed onto the screen. (laughs) Deleted scenes, and lastly, DVD-ROM. Yep. Which, we're now to a point where the majority of computers don't even have a DVD drive on it. Right. So, the only other one that I actually did pick up on that I don't think we've ever seen before in a movie was Claudette was playing a... I said Claudette. Yvonne, <laughs> Yvonne was playing a Sega Game Gear.
0: She was, which and later
1: I, I totally wanted growing up.
0: Yeah, and later uh, David Arquette's character is playing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: there you go. Shall we move on? We shall. This is you.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> Our next category is called "Is It Even Good," where we talk about. Plot, plot holes, and our funniest and cringiest moments. And what did you think about the plot?
0: This just totally threw you off, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> also, you have on the thing it says, "Is it even good?" Let's get digging.
0: <laughs> That's an old thing. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, let's get digging on plot holes. Yeah, it yeah. was
1: a thing I was tr- I was trying to make a thing, uh, and it didn't it, work. You know what? I think you did because I always un- I always enjoyed when you said that.
0: I think I said it more on. Are You Afraid of the Dark Podcast? Yeah.
1: Because that's just plot hole city. (laughs) Yes.
0: So, we've kind of covered the plot a little bit, but basically it's about this band, the Lone Rangers, Mm -hmm. who have been trying to get signed and get a record deal and they've just not had any luck. So, they've kind of gotten frustrated. They thought if they went to the radio station and convinced the DJ to play their music, then then they would get signed. Mm -hmm. But... Things go a little crazy, a little yes. wonky, and they yeah. end up holding up the whole radio station ho- hostage, hostage, <laughs> hostage, <laughs> and things happen.
1: And then kind of as a subplot, the radio station, the DJ finds out that they're changing their format and they're no right. longer going to be a hard rock station. They're going to be an easy listening station.
0: So he's frustrated and kind yes. of teens up with the Lone Rangers to mm-hmm. help them out. Yeah, for sure. Did you have any plot holes?
1: I did. I had a few. I get excited anytime I can come up with at least two. Right. Um, But there is a scene where Doug, who is Michael Richards, calls the police from an air vent. Mm -hmm. But he's in the air vent and he's on a corded phone that is on a desk below. So the only thing I can think of is that he climbed down, grabbed the corded phone, climbed back up into the air vent to talk.
0: The only thing I can say is that I think he is still under the impression that the that the guys have a real gun.
1: He is, but I don't get why you would... Like, How, you have this cord and the phone is hanging. The logistics <laughs> yeah. of it don't make sense That's at all. That's true. No,
0: That's very true.
1: It's a plot hole.
0: I feel like there's a point in this movie where, given the political climate of the past year especially, and just the knowledge of how police treat certain people differently. (laughs) I just like sat there the whole scene where Chaz and Rex are outside just yelling to the crowd with their gun, which is fake, Mm -hmm. but they're pointing at the police officers, they're doing all this stuff, and nothing bad happens to them, and I'm just like, you should be dead. Yes, Like, legitly be shot dead.
1: Chaz, at one point, the officer grabbed uh, Kayla, Mm -hmm. and he points the gun right at the cop and is yelling with the gun pointed at him. And I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, you'd be dead.
0: Yeah. You're pointing
1: a gun at a police officer. Yeah. Yeah. And to piggyback off of that was Carter and Marcus, David Arquette and Reggie Cathy. Uh Uh-huh. When they make an escape from the building and they run out to the police officers david arquette's character is like slow motion running like he's frolicking right and the officers immediately grab reggie cathy and throw him up against a swat truck and detain him
0: yeah i think that was done on purpose i think it was done as well but it's it's weird to have it in a comedy movie and then they don't like address it at all it's just kind of there
1: no the most they did was they started chanting
0: Rodney King. Rodney King. Which, even to Carter, you're just like, why, why? Yeah.
1: Why is that <laughs> why happening? Why is that happening? Uh, uh.
0: So Mace, who is basically like the leader of the SWAT team, mm-hmm. he has this subplot where his wife cheated on him with a pool with a pool guy, and he's really disgruntled, and he wants to take over the whole situation, but O'Malley. I couldn't yes. think of his name mm-hmm. for a second. You know, he, he's in charge of the situation. So he's kind of just hanging out, but he keeps talking about this pool guy that slept with his wife. And then when he finds out that Pip is a pool guy, causes him to be like, yeah, I'm going to give Michael Richards' character, Doug, a gun, mm-hmm. who's a civilian. Yes. So that's a great situation. And But they never really answer the question, was Pip the guy? Was the pool guy or is it, it's L.A. There's probably a, lots of pool guys.
1: That's what I was thinking was that he wasn't the guy and that there's a ton of pool guys in they Los don't Angeles. They that question. No, they don't.
0: And I also feel like in general, all this mishandling from all these different aspects of the police, mm-hmm. I don't even think the guy should have got prison <laughs> time because.
1: But they only got three months.
0: That's three years. three, was it three months?
1: It's three months. Oh, it
0: was three months. You're right
1: they did mishandle it it's a good point
0: because i'm like you gave a civilian a gun
1: yeah terrible. And an idea.
0: automatic weapon too
1: yes yeah, like, here have an uzi
0: yes <laughs> yeah is that um, even a police <laughs> issue
1: i don't think so
0: did you have any more plot holes i did not okay nice <laughs> what was your funniest line or moment
1: you kind of alluded earlier to when Harold Ramis comes up there and he's going to be a Capitol Records representative to talk to the Lone Rangers and they're suspicious of him Mm -hmm. so they ask him whose side did he take during the Van Halen and David Lee Ross split and he says Van Halen and then Ian who's the disc jockey immediately goes he's a cop (laughs) (laughs) the the trust was already destroyed
0: they asked him another question It was like...
1: Something about Lemmy and God.
0: He's like, who would win in a fight, Lemmy or or God? And he's like, Lemmy. And he's like, that's a trick question. Lemmy is God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh.
0: Mine was just the way Pip acts, especially in the beginning, compared to like Rex and Chaz who are... Rex pulls out the gun, and they're obviously toy guns because he works at a toy store, Mm -hmm. filled with pepper spray or Mm -hmm. hot sauce. And he starts like aggravating the situation then Chaz kind of gets in on, on it too because he's just frustrated with the whole system right mm-hmm. but Pip is like sorry about this enjoy and he's being so polite to like all the hostages and he's just like a sweet yeah. <laughs> sweet man
1: I liked when Rex was trying to get him to be more angry and he's like you gotta be direct and he's like okay get over there please <laughs> thank you okay <laughs> He was almost like if it was a Canadian was holding <laughs> you hostage.
0: Uh, what was your cringiest latter moment?
1: I had put, I actually mentioned it already, and that was Carter and Marcus when they run out there. Ah. Uh, yeah. But like you said, it was kind of realistic.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think it's more shitty that stuff like that is put into movies made 20 plus years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And people are still trying to convince people that this shit happens and they're just like, Yeah, I don't think so. Mine was just a part of there's like kind of this little montage where they're kinda of having a good time. They're like, you know, we're we're not bad. We're just having a fun time and like the hostages are you just chillaxing or partying with them. Mm-hmm. And David Ar- Arquette's character, Carter, is playing that Sega game you're talking about mm-hmm. and he just looks like he's aggressively masturbating. I don't know why. Maybe it's just my dirty mind. He just is like, Ugh, like. He's
1: just aggressively masturbating. Not playing a video game. No, no, it's
0: just I was like, why do I think that that's David Arquette's <laughs> masturbation face?
1: It's his vinegar strokes. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> uh. And if you don't get that, that's from the league. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you have any random thoughts? Anything you wanted to talk about? I
1: do not. Oh. The My random thoughts were I put, uh, I wrote down the awesome insults that Brendan Fraser said. <laughs> Did you have I,
0: any? I just had one, like, I I kind of like the discussion that Ian and Chaz have. In the middle of the movie, they're talking about music and they're talking, like, Ian's a little older. Mm-hmm. And so he he thinks his music, his generation of music, is better than the new stuff. And I just think that's, very accurate to like every generation thinks that their music is the best for sure and that there's still this there's still always this like debate of like what is too much or you can think about like the past year where like people freaked out about like WAP yes and they're like this is getting too vulgar and then I remember listening to one of my favorite podcasts you're wrong about and they were talking about the censorship of music like in the 80s Mm -hmm. with um Twisted Sister. And yeah. Like, everybody had to go and make a testimonial to the fucking government because mm-hmm. they were trying to put the labels on yeah. CDs and yeah. they're trying to uh, censor what they thought was like horrible music back then. Mm-hmm. And now it has, obviously, we, we always push the em- envelope mm-hmm. as a society. We always, like, try to evolve. So, I I don't know. I just thought about that.
1: No, that's a great point. And also you know ian was defending the beatles and Jimi hendrix and saying like the music of that time which would have been nirvana right which i that's like my favorite you know kurt cobain i always enjoyed his lyrics and stuff and i'm going you know then the next generation probably thinks that's crap and whatever like you said WAP or whatever the big song of right now is that's yeah. the new good stuff so I was, yeah that's a great point
0: right that's the new good stuff
1: <laughs> the new good stuff The new good good. (laughs) The new good. Gross.
0: Okay. (laughs) I don't know why. It just sounds gross when you say Mm. the new
1: good good. Yeah. You want to take a quick break? Sure. Okay. Okay. And we're back. We're going to move on to our final thoughts. And the first thing, we're going to switch it up. We're going to now discuss whether or not we think it held up first. What did you think?
0: I... I think it did hold up. Mm-hmm. I think it was still a very enjoyable watch. I laughed quite a bit. There, Obviously, there's stuff that is dated or just not great. Mm-hmm. But it's just because, you know, it's 20-something plus years later, we've learned a lot about society, how to treat women better, how to, you know, not sexually harass people, hopefully. Yes. And, you know, there's certain things, insults that they use that wouldn't fly today, but I think overall the movie was enjoyable. It made sense, the plot, you know.
1: Yeah. There was no lagging, I
0: felt like. So.
1: No, I totally agree. I thought it was still really funny. I had a lot of nostalgia watching this because I watched it a lot probably when I was in eighth and ninth grade. It was one of my go-to watches, but I hadn't seen it in over 20 years probably. So... I really enjoyed it. I didn't think it was too cringy. It had a couple moments here or there, but still, like you said, the plot made sense. It mm-hmm. flows, and it was funny. Yeah. What more do you want?
0: I realized I have seen this movie quite a bit because I, the fact that I remembered how they broke into the radio station, I remember that the minute they like drove up to the radio station.
1: Mm-hmm. I remembered a lot of the stuff they had on the ransom list, <laughs> just obscure stuff like that. Yeah.
0: So... Another little change we're making for season three and so on um, is we're changing up the awards a little bit. Mm -hmm. So in past seasons, Mm -hmm. we would have two awards, the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting and the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. You can pick up which one is the good one, which one's the bad one. Yes. But since... We told you, does this movie hold up first? And you're probably going, where are the awards, guys? Mm -hmm. We have special awards for whether the movie does hold up and whether the movie doesn't hold up. Yes. So, since this movie does hold up. You want to announce the first award?
1: The first award? It's the same as it always was. (laughs) The Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting.
0: Whom did you give your award to? I gave mine to Brandon Fraser. Okay. It's it's kind of a weird thing because I've never been a huge fan of Brandon Fraser, except for this movie. Yeah. Oh, scratch that. I loved Encino Man a lot.
1: Yes, you did. Yeah.
0: But he doesn't really have a lot of lines in Encino Man yet? Yeah. No.
1: No, he does not. But
0: um I I think he was his character was good. He felt like like Chaz as a character felt like he was the only one that really, really cared about his music, and he' he had like integrity at one point uh Jimmy's trying to capitalize on this kind of fame they got from you know taking the radio station hostage mm-hmm. and just wants to sign them without even listening to their music and and Chaz is like, nah bro, yeah, that's not cool i like that seems so fake and mm-hmm. He wants to get something on his own merits. Yeah. And he says it a couple times because I think it's Rex says he wants to demand that they get a, a record deal as part of their hostage demands. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. Yeah. We, we want that because they like our music, yeah, not he, because we're holding these people hostage.
1: No, he's. And also, I love that he was driven Mm-hmm. He's out there trying to get his music played and get noticed. He doesn't think it's just going to happen. Right. Like he, you got to be out there trying. And I agree with you. I've never been a big fan of his, but I always loved him in this movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And did you give it to him as well?
1: I did not. Oh,
0: who'd you give you yours to? I gave
1: mine to Joe Mantangana. <laughs>
0: God, we're we're really.
1: Joe Mantanga? Yes, sure. I don't know. I'm an idiot. I. He plays Ian, he has such a great voice, and I could totally see him being a successful DJ, but also I felt like he was great at helping drive the plot along, and also specifically kind of the B-plot with the radio station changing genres, and the fact that he was like, F this station, and he immediately tries to help these guys. Yeah. Again, he has a little
0: bit of an integrity. Yeah. He's He's not just looking out for himself. No. Which is probably why they made him their manager yeah at the end of the movie For spoiler sure. alert. spoiler alert <laughs> joe man Tanega? oh my god
1: Mantagna? you know what when,
0: whenever i want to say it i want to just say joe uh
1: manganello yeah same
0: <laughs> it's like my mouth yeah. just wants to say joe yeah. manganello
1: yeah i'm gonna put seed as my <laughs> yeah. answer
0: we apologize for butchering people's names, but we're not good at words. No. Speaking. I don't speak we, well.
1: No. Mm-mm. We just
0: have a podcast. <laughs> exactly. But if you know us, you know we don't speak well. hmm Sometimes. Oh, do you want me to do this? Yeah, next? I
1: introduced the other one.
0: Oh. The next award is the Scene Stealing Award, a.k.a. the Stanley Tucci. And if you were a Ruiner's Club member, mm-hmm. which you still are. Yes. Pending... Us, we'll talk about that later. This is an award from our bonus sodes. And it's the scene-stealing award. So,
1: Yeah, we're not giving out the Nicolas Cage if we thought the movie was good.
0: If you can think back to some movies where we really liked the movie, it was really hard for us to pick a person that was bad. Yeah. And then we just felt like we were like, I don't know, grasping at straws, I guess. Mm-hmm. So instead of shitting on a movie that we really like... Or we at least mildly enjoyed in some cases. Yes. Then we're we're just going to celebrate somebody else that was good.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I gave mine to Adam Sandler. Same. I will say a little bit goes a long way with the man-child stuff. Yes. It was enjoyable. Yeah. Because it wasn't 90 minutes of him. It was more like 15 minutes of him. You realize how much he plays the same character where he is kind of a man child, but he's always very sweet. Yes. So he was enjoyable and just, he had some good quips in there too. He was yeah. funny. He was everything that you remember and always go, and I'm saying there's really funny. Yeah. This is one of those ones where you'd be like, yep, he's really funny and enjoyable.
0: I agree with you as far as the little bit goes a long way. And uh, I just really enjoyed him in this character because he was like such a stark contrast from Rex who... yeah is his brother, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Buscemi's character. Mm-hmm. Am I saying Buscemi wrong, too? I, no, Buscemi. I think... You're, no, Buscemi. you're saying Buscemi. You said Buscemi earlier.
1: Because I say it wrong half the time. <laughs> you know this. You know who he is. Attic. Paper towels. Words I say wrong. <laughs>
0: you said it right. I know.
1: Mark uh, it down. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, but yeah, he's, he's really, like, sweet and good-natured and... I guess it just kind of goes to show you that these guys aren't, like, intentionally trying to hurt people. They're just, you know... Trying they, to get noticed. They're trying to get noticed, and, and obviously the the situation escalates to where they can't control it.
1: I think it probably helped them when they did go on trial, the fact that they did not go to that radio station with the intentions of taking everyone hostage. It yeah. just kind of happened.
0: If they showed. Obviously, they don't show the trial or whatever, but... That all of the people that they held hostage probably were, like, character witnesses for them, Mm -hmm. you know? They are like, they were really nice to us. Yeah. And then I'm sure, like, the prosecution was like, Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) They're like, no, they didn't hurt us at all.
1: You even said it when David Arquette (laughs) tries to get back inside, which that was kind of a plot hole. He's talking to Rex through Mm -hmm. a broken window. He, he could have reached up into the window and unlocked the door. He's not very bright. No, he I not. I think that
0: was supposed to be like the thing was he's not a, he's like a young kid. He was probably like an intern at the radio yeah, station. Yeah, for sure. Cool, bro.
1: We're done. We're done.
0: High five. That was a very light high five. Yeah,
1: well, I didn't want to smack into my microphone. That's true. I've already That's done not it It's not like good like for, the
0: people's, for yeah. the people's ears. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. And we did, as we I mentioned just a couple minutes ago, uh, we do have a thing called the Runers Club. We're, we're working on possibly redoing it again. Yeah. We'll we'll let you know what's up. Obviously, all you guys that are Runner Club members, obviously it's free. So mm-hmm. I know you're not like going, what the hell, man? Because I haven't gotten any emails going, you know, what's going on? <laughs> hey. But we'll update you on where we're at with that. It's just kind of hard lately because our schedules have changed as far yes. as work and
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so you know if we can at least get ruiners, uh, or the ruining our childhood podcast episodes out on a weekly basis we're doing pretty good right yeah and we'll see we'll we'll see where we're at in a couple months as hopefully. i was gonna
1: say that's the goal for a while there we were putting out this are you afraid of the dark two runer club episodes a month gets to be a lot For Ashley, because Ashley gets to edit all of this. I'm just a talent. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate
1: that. Yes. With that said, thank you for listening. If you guys want to help support us, you could head over to ruiningourchildhood.com. We have some merchandise for sale. We got some t shirts, some stickers. Grab something.
0: If you are so kind to donate, we're on Ko fi. I think that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. It's just a platform where you can support artists. Yes. Uh, Well, that sounds horrible. We're not artists, but we're just, you know. We're we're putting art out here. This (laughs) is is art. We're just talking to ourselves (laughs) in a microphone. Yeah. But uh, we really appreciate you guys, and we're so happy to be back. And don't forget to check out on Thursday on Instagram at Ruining Our Childhood and Twitter at ROC Movie Podcast for our poll. Yes. And we're going to have some pretty amazing... Picks.
1: Eventually we're gonna do dirty work. We decided that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Norm McDonald week. Did yeah. he start another movie?
1: I don't think he did. Oh. Yeah. But I'm sure we could find another movie that he yeah. was in. That's true. We already but,
0: did Dr. Doolittle.
1: Yeah. And uh Billy Madison.
0: And that's true. So yeah. we already did all, already did all of his was...
1: movies. We already
0: did all of his movies.
1: But we will have that up uh this coming Thursday. Right, right. Movies to be determined.
0: Yeah, it's it's a mystery. Yeah, even to us. So. I was gonna
1: say we'll figure it out. We'll make a schedule and get those polls going again.
0: Okay, so let's say goodbye.
1: Okay, thanks for listening. Have a great week, guys. Okay, bye. Bye.